to thank you all for joining us. This is a special crossover edition. We're combining sports and news for this podcast from the newsroom and what is your from the press box. from the press? I almost said from the locker room, Dan. From the news box. Oh, geez. From the locker room, that could get me in trouble. <laughs> so we're doing a little crossover today. I'm Brian Vernellis, digital director at the Sentinel, and I'm joined by to my right, to my right, sports uh, editor, sports Dan editor. Donna. Thank you, Dan. Uh, on my left, Audrey Gamble. Hi, managing editor. Hey. <laughs> And across from me, Arpan Lobo, one of our star reporters here. Star. Thanks, reporter. Brian. Well, they're all star reporters, actually. So we had a ton of uh, comments and votes on a poll. We do a weekly poll on our fr- on our Facebook page, and this week's was in regard to uh, the women's national team after winning the World Cup, their fourth in eight years. No, fourth, fourth total. Fourth total, and total. they've been doing their second 16. in four years. Yeah, right? they won back to back. They're yeah. the first team, yes, ever to win back to back on the women's yes. side. Yeah, okay. So the question: They are. Uh, I think their suit is still liti- is in litigation, or it's about to go to litigation. They're suing the United States Soccer Federation for equal pay uh, with their male counterparts. And the question we had on Facebook was do they deserve equal pay? And uh, it's like we kicked over a hornet's nest. Uh, I think we're up to 900 votes now and maybe about 100 comments. So uh, we thought we'd sit down and... Yeah, do you want to chat a little bit about that lawsuit, Brian? Yeah, right ahead. Um, Okay, so I just wanted to be clear that the lawsuit is against um, the U.S. Soccer Federation, not FIFA. Like those are two really separate things. Yeah. Um, but the lawsuit is basically an equal employment opportunity discrimination suit, uh, claiming that uh, the U.S. women's soccer team was paid significantly less uh, kind of from the 2015 World Cup on. And they are suing. So it's um, Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, um, Megan Rapino, and Becky Sauerbrunn, and then 24 other teammates. But the, those four are kind of like the point point right. defendants yeah. i right. guess and some of them are former like hope solos on there too a former right. player exactly yeah so now. it's it's kind of retroactive yeah. um but basically they're claiming that um in international appearances only uh the women's team made about 38 percent of what the men's team did going back to that 2015 world cup so 30 38 cents for every dollar sure yeah 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 um, the, the Federation's response was basically that this was all about, you know, business decisions and revenue and, and all of that kind of thing. It definitely still is in litigation. They're kind of heading toward the mediation process right now. Um, but, uh, there are kind of a lot of articles and we saw some backlash about, um, that claim about, you know, this being strictly about business and which team actually does create more revenue and more TV ratings and all that kind of stuff. Which is why the suit is against the United States Soccer Federation, not FIFA. Correct. Because they wouldn't win against FIFA because the men's World Cup as a, as a whole, you're dealing with other teams sure. too. And they would not make they, – they would not be able to support that suit against, right. say, like the Brazil or like, – comparing them to like the Brazilian men's team or the Italian men's team – Right. Which they, they physically don't make as much revenue as those teams do. Right. Because that's like especially in those countries, that's it. That's like yeah. all right. their major league sports combined. Yeah, in there. so so yeah. this is not about the FIFA 
prize money pots, which, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the podcast. But this is strictly about the money that each player makes for the international appearances from the soccer federation. Right. Um, so we kind of had a conversation in the newsroom that Arpan, you were very opinionated about in terms of, of those claims. Yeah. We love it when we have good, good convos in the newsroom Um, talking about those claims from the soccer federation that, that the women don't, you know, bring in as much revenue. If you wanted to kind of comment on, the falsity or factualness of that claim? Veracity. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of the, it's, it's definitely important to note that the lawsuit is against U.S. soccer because people will argue that, oh, well, the TV contract for the Men's World Cup is so much bigger than the Women's World Cup and things like that. But that's all FIFA uh, right. delegated revenue. In terms of U.S. soccer, the, the things like uh, domestic ratings, and things like that are and ticket sales are just as comparable for the men or for the women's team as the men's. In most situations, they're higher. Uh, for example, uh, Sunday's World Cup final had 21 million viewers in America. The 2018 World Cup final only had 11, and that's close to double. It's on the same network, but it's it, it's things like that where these disparities are being pointed out, um, and, and the these women, the players, they're they're arguing for. They're not saying we should make more. They're just saying we deserve equal pay. It's been a constant battle, um, and the structure hasn't always been in place for them to kind of argue for this opportunity. To add real quick, um, Sunday's final and the 2015 final against Japan, I think I saw were the two highest rated soccer matches in the United States televised. Um, History. Yes, in U.S. history. So – I mean, if you don't, if you're not getting revenue off of that, plus I think Nike announced their top-selling soccer jersey is the U.S. Women's National Jersey yeah. by far. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I believe it's Megan Rapinoe. Now it is. Yeah, it was well, Morgan for a while. For a while, but it's still the two of them I over think it's just, any of yeah, the guys. It's right. just a plain. They're plain white. Jersey. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to mention too, like like Arpan was talking about the viewership, but also things like ticketed watch parties and like sanctioned things like that, even for these international events those ticket prices are set by the soccer federation. So if they're bringing in less revenue than the men, that's partially, you know, the federation's fault for kind of underselling those, those sorts of ticketed items. Right. Dan, you have two daughters. I do have two daughters. Does this, you know, um, I was reading some of the comments on Facebook and I've got a niece and it just blows my mind. Some of the comments that people were making, yeah. Um, you know, somebody actually said they don't deserve squat, you know, and I'm like, and I think it was a female that com- that made that right. comment. Well, and, that and, could, and that, but there's no context to that. Is that because you don't think they should be getting paid that much for athletics at all? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's so many, but it's just so many I, odd things. As somebody who's two daughters, I, I, yeah. I would think that would just. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. To me, that's ridiculous. I mean, th- for me, the, the thing that is most ridiculous about this entire thing is not about the logistics of the money and where it comes from and is it FIFA or is it the United States Soccer Federation or is it the TV or is it whatever. It's that this women's soccer team, this is not a – I mean their their last their ad when they won. Did you guys see the Nike ad when they won where they're like, we're not going to be finished until there's women's faces on Mount Rushmore? I mean like – they and they went – that was one of the most powerful ads I've ever seen. That's what this team is. This is not a just the team that's good now. This team it has been revolutionary 
for women's sports, not just in the United States, but in the world. They're the driving force of, they're the most followed national women's team of any sport in the world. Um, and to, for them to be in this lawsuit at all, if I was USA Soccer, I'd be like, you're you're our cash cow, not to, you know, I mean, you're making way more than the cash bulls over there on the other on the other field uh that you would wouldn't you want to like yeah celebrate that like it's a it's they're they're creating their own pr nightmare yes and i think that that is by uh just by the u.s soccer federation so stupid that they could they could just either there's a lot of things they could do, but why you have enough money? Why wouldn't you just say yes? We're going to be in support of this. You know the men aren't going to be like whatever in the U.S. because their <laughs> team doesn't do nearly as well. They really don't have a foot to stand on. But that just it 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 boggles my mind. And I compare this. I know this is going to get really political here for a second, but I compare this to how the the uh, anti discrimination housing thing in Holland has gone, um, where we've had all these debates and stuff over the years about uh you know should the language include being gay you know basically Mm -hmm. uh so you can't deny them housing and the argument that a lot of the people had all this time is well it's included in the language that's already there and then other people say that's not good enough because it's not working if it's already included in the language why wouldn't you just specifically write that word instead of have a six-year <laughs> yes. PR nightmare. It's yeah. exactly the same thing yeah. in, as far as PR nightmares in my in my book. It's the same kind of thing where if it's, if it's already the right – you know it's the right thing to do and you know if it doesn't matter one way or another and it's only going to help you, why would you create a PR nightmare for yourself? You know, Brian, to, to go back on the Facebook um, – the kind of reactions that we've gotten on the post and things like they don't deserve squat. I think part of that is because this team, more than most other teams, especially a national team, this team is outspoken. Brian, mm. uh, Dan was mentioning so much about how they're the vanguard of this kind of this this effort today during their uh, their championship parade. Their their Tobin Heath is chanting equal pay with people in New York, and it's uh, Megan Rapinoe's activism. Uh, she was the one of the first non-football athletes to take a knee uh, during Colin Kaepernick's protest over that. And so there have always, of course, her own comments about uh, President Trump haven't resonated with everybody. And especially when you're wearing, you know, the red, white and blue, some people take great offense to that. So right. that though those actions uh, and Rapino, of course, um, she's she's not going to back down from what she believes. And she she's been this isn't new for her. She's always right. been a very um, passionate uh, athlete about these things. It's not a matter of trying to get in the spotlight to to promote this issue. This is what she believes in. This is what she's always believed in. And not everyone has agreed with that. Um, and whether or not that's uh, a good or bad thing, it, it definitely has um, affected public opinion. And the team represents LGBT. Yeah, she's the most recognized gay athlete in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in her in her in her victory speech today, she mentioned that this this team has white girls, it has black girls, it has straight girls, it has gay girls. But you know that doesn't make any difference of what um, they deserve in terms of their uh, payment and their appreciation from American soccer fans. Yeah, um, I thought that 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 quote 
from her in the the ticker tape parade today really stood out. Um, I think it's really true that a lot of women on this team are not only amazing athletes, but they also are loud and they are happy about that. And they are showing girls the power of their voices as well as their athletic ability. Um, and when they do that unapologetically, it can ruffle a lot of feathers of people that are unhappy with the words that they're saying and therefore translates into, well, I don't think they deserve money because of their actions. I think people get intimidated by that sure. too. For they, they can't handle you know, an athlete like a Megan Rapinoe coming, coming right at their face and telling yeah. them that this isn't right because mm-hmm. it's, it hasn't affected them. But for her to be so vocal about this and, you know, leading the cause, it, it's, it's people are uncomfortable sure. by it. And, you know, like I said, this isn't new. She's right. always been like this. Right. And, and the, t- the biggest difference, though, is that the, the entire team, like you were saying, Andre, is like this right. now. They're all supportive of each other. I mean, we had a very outspoken female athlete on this team before hope solo yeah and she was so outspoken that she you know that she let's say didn't make as many friends on her own team as she could have and that caused a little bit of a team divide for quite a while but she's been overly chastised in our culture because she was the one it was just her Mm -hmm. so she could be brought down and she was brought down and th- things were treated with her unfairly through lots of stuff. I mean, I wrote a column about this after the last World Cup. I mean, ev- everybody's misconceptions of her, they just ran with it. I mean, like she was accused of domestic violence and people thought that she like w- against her nephew and that people thought they like, like she like beat her eight year old nephew. She got in a physical fight with her 17 year old nephew who was six, eight, 285 pounds. That's a big difference. Sure. A 17-year-old guy that's a, you know, a football style player and a 6-year-old or 8-year-old kid and she was defending herself. Um it was a fight. There's and that's a whole nother that's a whole Yeah, nother that's issue. a different podcast. But but still <laughs> still so but she was this outspoken athlete and she comes across a little bit more I don't know what the right word is. Maybe cross bl- negative brash. brash. That's a that's the right word. Not ne- necessarily negative, but she comes across a little more, yeah, a little more brash. Like people, people always thought that she was a little have thought about Hope sure. Solo that way when, when she came up. People over, and I'm not saying that people don't like Hope Solo. That's not what I mean because there's plenty of people that like Hope Solo and respect her. But Megan Rapinoe came up differently through the team, where she was she she was not out on a limb like that. For yeah. one, she was not the only one to be afraid. But so like Hope Solo is the whole is one of the like. Uh, martyrs of this whole thing because she was doing this all 10, you know, eight, 10 years ago and all the way through, but people didn't see, people saw her as an isolated threat or an isolated person, not the same way the team is now. But I think that's a good point, Dan, that this team has always been, you know, really big outspoken advocates for themselves, frankly, because they had to be in a lot of instances. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and now that there are, you know, so many players to look back on that have kind of paved that path. I think um, something that was really special about this World Cup team was that they were really an intersection of kind of American women. And mm-hmm. and that quote, I wanted to read Arpan um, from from Rapino today at the at the parade, and she said, 
We have pink hair and purple hair. We have tattoos and dreadlocks. We got white girls and black girls and everything in between. Straight girls and gay girls. I couldn't be more proud. Um, and I've seen a lot of messages from particularly women and women with daughters saying, you know, look at all of the amazing people that my children can look up to. Um, and there's a, a woman on Twitter I saw that she she said she was watching the game on, on Sunday with her four-year-old son, and her son turned to her and said, do boys play soccer too? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's that's kind of an amazing turnaround from where the sport has been, particularly in America for the last, you know, several, several years to see that that kind of transition to how incredibly dom- dominant, I mean, we're talking four World Cup wins, four Olympic gold medals for the women, um, and the men have empty hands for the most part. So when we talk about those disparities from the Soccer Federation, from FIFA, from you know all of these organizations, you kind of are left scratching your head and saying, well, where's this disconnect in terms of you know monetary compensation for what they're bringing home? Right, and people argue that like, the men's team plays against tougher competition, which is only true sometimes, you know, like the, they couldn't like, get a draw top, at Trinidad. Yeah. Top, top to bottom, Trinidad, the, top to bottom, the men's world cup, the worst team in the men's world cup, their distance to the next worst or to the top is closer than the women to the worst team in the women's world cup. As we saw with the 13 to nothing win. However, if you cut the fat of a couple of teams, I mean, we saw like the last three, four games of the U.S. was insane. Like they were close games. Teams are there. This is not them just having oh. some sort of stranglehold there. I mean, that they, gap has really it's narrowed. It's really narrowed, right? Yeah. And that and that's the difference. And then you talk about the U.S. team playing. They're playing in the Gold Cup. They they've won the Gold Cup more than anybody else, but they should. The last few years, <laughs> Mexico was the only other team that really's got a shot. At winning, I mean, you get some of the, you know, some of the Central American countries have their years, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But, like, it's not – they're killing everybody, the men's team, and they should. And then they go to the World Cup, and then they get killed. Uh, That's how weak their region is, basically. Well, they've had problems, Arpan. I heard you kind of pipe up. Uh, The U.S. men, Trinidad? I mean, who'd they just – Honduras? Didn't Honduras give them some fits? So – so Costa Rica the, the, gave them? Or United, Panama? It was Panama. The United States uh, women have won the last two Women's World Cup, 2015, 2019. Uh, the men have never won a World Cup. Their best finish <laughs> was third, and that was in the 1930s. Um, so not recent history. In 2018, they weren't even there. Yeah. Uh, the reason yeah. was because on the final game of qualifying, they could not get a draw against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, Tobago. I apologize if I <laughs> mispronounced that. Um, they didn't have to win. You know, it, sure, it was it was outside of the U.S. It was a road game. Right. I'm sure it was a very hostile environment. You know, these professional soccer players aren't. You know, I'm I'm being facetious here, but they they didn't need to win. They just could have gotten a draw. They lost because of an own goal, and not just any own goal where it was a bad <laughs> bounce. Omar Gonzalez kicked it from you know basically the top of the 18. He chipped his own goalkeeper. It was embarrassing. It was pathetic. And I'm not saying that the men deserve to be paid any less, but how can we, you know, look at that and hold that to a higher, you know, uh, maybe a higher pedestal, a higher gr- pay grade than the women who are by far the most successful in their in their sport? In terms of, it it, it just doesn't seem equitable. 
uh, in any sense. Especially where we're going. I, I mean, where our the progression of our country is gone. That's these like basically civil rights that we push for in every group. This this team's got all of them in one, and yeah. they're the best women's team in the world in any sport. Yeah. Like this is not I mean, this is not should not be this should not even be this big of an issue. Well, and we were talking in the newsroom quite a few of us. Um, you know, we did this for, for the Men's World Cup and for the Women's World Cup. We kind of had it on in, in the background, um, you know, throughout for, yeah. for, for those weeks. And quite a few people in our newsroom were saying, you know, watching the women is just frankly a more pleasurable viewing experience because the men flail flail around like they're you know losing vital organs when they trip over a blade (laughs) of grass whereas the women you know get a gash on their forehead from a cleat and they're still running down the pitch i mean it's kind of a hard argument to make when there that there's not you know enough entertainment value there when you're seeing the kind of games that we're seeing Right, but there isn't from the U.S. I mean, like, there's no entertainment value in the men's game. I mean, well, in, accurate <laughs> in my in my lifetime, right? It's not what, pleasurable they, to watch them lose. It, they got sure. out of the qualifying round just twice. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not. I mean, they're not good overall compared to. Don't get me wrong; the players on the they're, team are great. Yes, um, but like when you think about it, like the U.S. women's team probably has seven six or seven of the ten best players in the world in women's play probably six or seven of the Mm -hmm. best players in the world play for the women's team and that's not including hope solo who probably is still the best goalie in the world even though she hasn't been playing um because of her outspokenness and being too soon for her time i guess or whatever but the men's side that the top men's player is probably like the 48th best in the world you know, or something like uh, that's that. That's being generous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at times when Donovan when his, was in his prime and Clint Dempsey, they were maybe, you know, in maybe in the 20s. But that's still <laughs> one player in the 20s if, as a stretch. You know, that's not. That, that's being extremely generous. <laughs> um, no, but, but, but Dan, you're right. This disparity between the prominence. And I know you, you brought up the fact that these last games were very, very close. Netherlands, who they who they beat two nil in the final, they were the champions of Europe. And traditionally, uh, Germany has done it twice and Norway once. But winning the European Championships and immediately following that up with a World Cup, it, it's not some small achievement. And you could tell in the way uh, the Netherlands played, they weren't shook by you know playing in a final against the uh, U.S. women. You can tell that this this game globally is strong. And it's not saying like Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey or Christian Pulisic, if they're the best American men, but they're still not at the top of the, you know, the the global game. But th- these Holland, the American women can get into any team in the world um, in the sense that that doesn't mean the other teams are weak. You know, there was one. It, it, it's, it's crazy how such a historic win, that 13 nil win over Thailand has brought up this narrative that oh these, these this is just bully ball these you know this isn't fair no that was an anomaly it was such an anomaly i've i have never seen a game like that um at that high level and you didn't see it again throughout the rest of the tournament because these teams are so good right and they win anyway they win constantly and they still don't you know have the footing that um they should in my opinion to play devil devil's advocate to what Arpan just said, one of the um, feeds or one of the links that a lot of people were sharing on the poll question 
was about, I think it was a couple years ago, the women's team lost to a um, club team, FC Dallas. Uh, it was a, a 15, men's club team. Men's club, 15 and under. And, well, if they came and beat a bunch of teenagers, why did they expect to earn the same as men? All right, to quash that. <laughs> a, it was a scrimmage. B, uh, they were working on defensive tactics. They were working on uh, uh, passing coordination, develop, developing some team chemistry in that respect. And Arpan wants to hop in. He's ready to go. What's your you – am know, I totally wrong on this? No. <laughs> even if they weren't working on defensive tactics and chemistry, even yeah. if it wasn't yeah. just a scrimmage, that shouldn't no. play into their financial well-being. No. You know, certain things – fine. They lose to uh, a youth – Yes, men, men's team and MLS team. Still, we shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't disparage their. Right. This is about the women's league. Pay. Right. I mean, this right. this is ridiculous. If that if that's what people, it, I'm sorry. If you are one of those people on Facebook or on Twitter <laughs> pulling up Uh-oh. just a screenshot of that headline, you're a nerd, a <laughs> giant nerd. Okay, I, I hate to say it, but really, that that's I don't not. Think he hates to say it. <laughs> I, Dan's right. But that, that's not – This a, is the angriest I've seen our That's not ever. <laughs> a reasonable argument. That just shows you're, you're coming from a, a place of yeah. of privilege and honestly of, of hate if you think that is a justifiable reason to for these women to be paid 38 cents to a dollar. My counter argument to that link then is – and I was talking about this with Dan yesterday. I think it was in the 30s, a teenage girl struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Jimmy Fox. And like uh, a, at least the two of the Yankees. Yeah. At least the two. I and mean, like they're the two cha- greatest players in the world. Yeah, and a so. charity game. So if you're going to use that excuse, you know, or that yeah, rationale, right. why would Babe Ruth deserve to be <laughs> one of the greatest baseball players? Or docked, or, should yeah. he be docked and pay? And should we pay this girl I mean, because she struck him out? I mean, come on. It happens. And like, yeah. it's, but in general, that's like we were talking about the same conversation. Like, if, if Verlander is working on some pitches in a spring, spring training game, and he loses to a bunch, and he gets four homers off him in a bunch of minor league by a bunch of minor league people, which happens. Which happens? Does that mean that he should? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 this. Yeah, it's it's completely out of context in so, any way you slice it. Basically. So I did want to mention, um, other than the the soccer federation lawsuit, um, a little bit about the prize money that we're talking about from FIFA because that is also a huge disparity. Um, so this year, the prize money for the women was actually double what it was last time. However, <laughs> um, the total prize money for like all of the teams that they were fighting for uh, for the women was thirty million. So the champion team, so the U.S., took home four million, which they're going to split, you know, amongst themselves. The men, their total prize money is four hundred million, and the champion team, so France, this last time took home thirty-eight million. So the disparity for just the champion teams is thirty-four million. Dollars. That's, That's insane. And it doesn't seem like that fits the revenue, especially Correct. now that the Women's World Cup Correct. this time is an all-time high. That doesn't seem – I'm not surprised, nor am I arguing that the prize money for the World Cup should necessarily be equal. Sure. Because that comes into play with how many actually do- actual dollars are being made in that. Sure. And that is not a gender-specific thing. That's a money-specific thing. But there's no way that that, right. that kind of disparity is had. Right. So, so Especially just like with all the money from the U.S. TV contract. Right. So, just like percentage wise, if you're thinking of disparity of, you know, viewership or ticket sales or whatever, 
the women are making 7.5% of the prize money of the men. There is absolutely no way that the disparity of viewers on television is 7.5% of who's watching these games. That's just not true. It's ridiculous. And FIFA could make it a lot easier too. It's not just about the money. Their 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 brass has uh, been you know under the gun about yeah. the way oh. they talk to the women's players or the way they have talked about the women's game and stuff over the years. I mean, it's slowly getting better, but it's still there's still a lot of groundwork, right? And it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. And the thing that I keep going back to, and that I don't understand why everyone doesn't see. In FIFA, I mean, maybe all the fans see this. This is exactly, exactly the same as tennis in the 70s. Okay. In the late 60s and early 70s. This is exactly the same. The men made all the money. The women made nothing. Billie Jean King came in, changed the game. Right now, all the, the sanctioned events, the Grand Slams and everything in tennis are equal. If Serena Williams wins, she gets the exact same amount that Roger Federer wins gets for winning. Their prize money is identical in the majors and most all the tournaments that have both the men and the women at them, even the smaller ones. Globally, this is not just in the United States or just somewhere. That is global, and it works because there's as many butts in the seats watching Serena Williams physically there and on TV that there are watching Roger, Roger Federer and they have created this equality empire in tennis that for the most part, for the most part, but like monetarily. So that is, they never have to worry about this kind of a thing. And it backs up the facts of who's watching. I mean, you, when Serena's in the final, people are watching when there's a couple of no names in the final, people are still watching, but, and the stands are still packed. It doesn't matter who's there. That money is coming in. So for them to have transformed that, you know, basically through Billie Jean King, she's the one that got this whole thing rolling. That is incredible. It was an incredible precedent set. And there's really not very many other sports that that could happen besides soccer because it is a sport where the men and women play everything equally. There's no women's major league baseball. There's softball. It's different than baseball. There's no, I mean, even basketball, this in itself, the game is quite a bit different. And the revenue is different. There is not nearly as many people in the stands for WNBA games that there are for NBA games. Soccer is different. The butts are in the seats and the eyes are on the TV. And that's the same for 10. I mean, it's the same thing with like golf doesn't have equal. Right. But the money is not equal. Now, golf is the LPG has come a ton. Mm. It's a long way. And their their pay has gone with it whenever their viewership has gone up and their uh, their levels have gone up over the year by year. Their pay continues to grow. Their prize money continues to grow. The Meyer LPGA Classic here has one of the best non-major uh, prize money uh, packages, I guess, or whatever of all the of yeah, all pool. the tournaments yeah. pools. Thank you. That was the one. Um, so, th- tennis and soccer are to me right now globally the only ones that can be equal, and they should. Well, I, I know we got to run. You've got somewhere to be shortly. And I just one last question. Um, swimming is your one of your passions. Does this, when it comes to the Olympics, men and women swimming, what kind of compensation do they receive? Well, it's it's hard because like the Olympics, you get a certain amount, right? If you win, right? It doesn't matter. But, but that's in the United States. If you win the fencing gold medal, and you're a guy, 
and you win the women's swimming gold medal and you're a girl, same money. It's Is it, they okay. pay it out. They pay so, it. the Olympic pays the Olympic committee. U.S. Olympic committee pays that out differently. Katie Ledecky for winning a gold gets as much as Michael Phelps would for a gold. Exactly. Okay. Yes. It, and that's a, the whole country is like that. Okay. So that that is okay. That is something we never really have to deal with. Now, they're the first big pro, like professional swimming league is starting this year and it starts in the fall and there's there's they're really talking about equality is a big thing. One of the um one of the general managers, there's two there's four teams in the United States. There's eight globally. Right. Two general managers are men, two general managers are women. One of them is Caitlin Sandino, who I just did the did the book with. Yeah. Um and they she did equal pay across the board for her entire swim team. There's ten guys, ten girls. Everybody got the same she has Ledecky on her team and Ledecky's making the same as the quote worst guy of the ten on the yeah, team because yeah. they're all make what they're all great swimmers, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But they made it a point that they she that their team's the only team that I know of that has a specific equal piece of the pie for everybody, but the men's and women's part of the equality is the same. There's the same amount of women on the team as men, and there's the same amount of events and everything in this and the prize money is is all there based on the events. So okay. so that's that, that's just kind of in its infancy. We're not quite, you know, but that they're doing the right thing. They've come out and said, our league, we're going to be gender equality is going to be huge in our league. That's the first thing that the league said. And now the teams are saying it. So they're getting ahead of not having a PR nightmare um, for one, but, but it's the same thing. If you're going to a swim meet, it's both. I mean, you're going to the Olympics, Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky might swim back to back. Yeah. So they're doing the right thing. And it seems Again, just the PR nightmare of it. It seems ridiculous that the soccer federation isn't like, you know what, you get equal pay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, which I think is probably one of our best podcasts we've this ever really done. Good. This was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Anybody? Our fan? You know, I just think that just the the types of justifications we, we spoke about, you know, that, that headline about the scrimmage from a few years back, the justifications people go through as to why these women should not, you know, be equitably paid is honestly astounding on my yeah. end because I've never seen people jump through so many hoops just to <laughs> argue about other people's money. It, 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 it's disappointing. But I think that th- these women uh, of U.S. soccer, I think they're the ones that are going to lead the charge. It might not a- affect them. You know, you hope it does. But I think in the future, it'll be because of their efforts and yeah. the efforts of people before them that um, lead it, us or lead them to the uh, – to their end goal. It's a team of Billie Jean Kings. Right. Yeah. I wanted to mention too that um, I think that this team has become such great advocates for themselves because they had to. Um, there is not anyone, you know, in terms of FIFA leadership or soccer federation saying, yeah, you know what, girls, you're right. <laughs> Um, And when we started having these conversations in the newsroom, um, it kind of heartened me that there were quite a few men in our newsroom that said, yeah, this is ridiculous. Um, And and when people are talking about female athletes, but also female athletes in in their own workplaces or just females in their in their workplaces in general, um, this is something that men need to remember that sometimes when a woman is speaking up and, and, you know, having to make her voice heard more. Uh, voraciously than than she necessarily would have wanted to organically. Um, it's because she's she has to. There is no no advocate for herself other than than her own person, um, and that's something that men need to remember <laughs> and and recognize that they have a role in in also speaking up about these issues, even when their own pockets are are being comfortably lined. Mm-hmm. And they'll never they'll never be 
a team quite like this that starts that's a full team starting the revolution and that is incredible to see there is not any major sports team of a men's team that's so that's so apparently has black white hispanic uh gay straight whatever like you don't get i mean there are a lot of sports teams that have like the racial divides covered you know as far as being teammates but the sexuality thing is not there either and i love that i mean the two big well most well-known faces on the women's team is a you have i mean this is going to be this is going to sound weird but you know you have the stereotypical tall very pretty straight athlete in alex morgan that is like you know she's been on the she was on the cover of the sports illustrated swimsuit issue and like that is you know kind of she she's her face is her face like that Mm. and then you have the purple haired short scrappy you know muscular not that alex morgan isn't muscular but you know what i mean like gay athlete that's in your face gay it's not just like oh i didn't know she was gay it's like no you know she was gay she is with the one of the best players in the history of wnba that they're together and you have two teammates on the women's team that are engaged to each other yeah that's incredible like you but you put all that on like the guys teams just don't have that and to me just this team and company a encompasses that's the word so much that it's you represent everybody and you don't have to be a female to understand that you're i mean i understand that i'm being represented by this even though i'm not female and my daughters are being represented by this and our because it's they're representing our country they're everything that our country is and they're even fighting their own version of every problem our country has. Very much so. Yeah. This is, I mean, that's that's the epitome of where we are right yeah, the, now. Yeah, the true message of this team, other than the fact that they're, you know, kickbutt ladies for my inability to swear on this podcast without getting in trouble, um, is I'll, that they're fearless. I can bleep it out. Don't worry. <laughs> they're fearless <laughs> and they're unafraid of who they are and they're yep. not going away. So get on board or get out. Yep. And, and what, it seems like people are getting on board. Yeah. That's where the money says. So now that money needs to go to them. Perfect way to end this podcast. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, Audrey Gamble, Art Lobo, Dan Diadana, and I am Brian Vernalis. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.